distractions and let's just come and rest in his presence amen and so we're going to be opening up today in the book of psalms uh, chapter 26 again in psalms chapter 26 and verse 1 it reads judge me O lord for i have walked in mine integrity i have trusted also in the lord therefore i shall not slide Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart, for thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. I will wash mine hands in innocency, so will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. But as for me... I will walk in mine integrity, redeem me, and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place, even in the congregations will I bless the Lord. And I love here in verse, verse 11, David, he says, But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity, redeem me, and be merciful unto me. And this is so humble of a Christian to ask daily for the Lord's mercy because the world is the complete opposite. They're full of pride and, and they, they walk doing life on their own, but we're reminded daily of the Lord's mercies and grace Hallelujah. in the little things, just like waking up in the morning, we can be grateful and that's mercy and a miracle in itself. Amen. 
So if you guys will, stand to your feet and let's pray. And, oh, Lord, we just come to you today, Father, as humble, Lord, as we can be, Father, humble servants, Father, for you, Lord, just to give you thanks, Lord, for your mercy, Lord, for your grace, Father, that, that brought us here to this, this, this evening, Father. And we just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice, Father, on the cross that brought so much life to this world. And help us, Lord, to not take that for granted, Lord, to not forsake, Lord, what you did for us, Father. Remind us, Lord, like you spoke about in Matthew chapter 16, to deny ourselves daily and take up our cross. And we're no better than the master, which is you. So we have to look at life, Lord, every day, every hour, every decision that we make. We have to be sure that we're denying our flesh because you did it first, Father. You, you were perfect. You sat on high in heaven, and you came down as man, as in the flesh, feeling the things that we felt, denying, your, denying so many things daily. And we're not any better than that, Father. So remind us, Lord, to deny ourselves daily, Lord, to die, Lord, to kill this flesh daily, Lord. So when the tribulation comes, Father, there's going to be nothing that can take us out of your hand because we've already been doing it, denying ourselves daily. So we know and we have faith and we have hope that even through persecutions, Lord, through death, Lord, that we'll be sitting, Lord, with you in heaven. And I thank you for that, Father. Help us, Lord, to see, Lord, your truths, Lord, to understand, Lord, more and more of, of who you are and what you are and why, Lord, you do everything that you do for us, Father. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for granting us, Lord, this day, Lord, this hour, Lord, to, to be with one another, Lord, to be with the brethren, Lord, to lift up worship, Lord, to your name, Lord, and to be able to come together, Lord, and to also hear, Lord, of the things, Lord, that you want to speak to the church today, Father. And prepare our hearts, Lord. Prepare our minds, Lord. Soften the heart, Lord. And open our eyes, Lord, to truth, Lord, to your truth, Father. Let us not harden our hearts today, Lord, but open our hearts, Lord, to what you want to say, Lord, what you have for your church, Lord. And I thank you for that, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for your servants, Lord, here, Lord for our pastors, Lord, for the worship team, Lord, for the members, Lord, for the families here, Lord, who give up their time, Lord. That, that's denial of self, Lord, to gather in this place, Lord, as often as we do, Lord, because there's so much more that we can be doing in the world, Lord, but it has nothing, Lord, to offer us, Father. It's just all vanity, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for the hearts of your people, Lord, to gather here, Lord, like we do, Lord, and I just pray, Father, over the lips, Lord, of your servant, Lord, that's going to bring the word. I pray, Lord, over their mind, Lord, that, that you bring them peace, Lord, and confidence, Lord, in the message, Lord, that you have, that you have given them today, Lord, and just bless their lips, Lord, their mind, Lord, get rid of any distractions, Lord, and just allow us, Lord, to hear your truth today, and to experience, Lord, you, Lord, in a way, Lord, that that we haven't, Lord, that we haven't felt you, Lord. And I thank you for that, Father. And I know, Lord, that you're here, Lord, you're here in this place, Father, with us. 
even though it seems like there's not many, Lord, there is, Lord. There, there's so much, Lord, of, of you, of your spirit in this place, Lord. We can feel it, Lord. We cannot run from it, Lord. And I just thank you for that, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for our viewers online, Lord. Um, on our social media pages, Father, I pray, Lord, that this message gets through to them, Father. That, that they're able to pay attention, Lord. And to put behind all their distractions, Lord, to hear the truth, Lord, of you, Father. And I pray, Lord, for, for those who are, who are in route, Lord, to the church, Lord. I pray for safety, Lord, and protection over them, Lord. And let them get here, Father, in, in one piece, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, and it's in the name of Jesus that we pray all these things. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us come together, church, and let us worship our King. Amen. Let us give him the best offering that we can. Amen. And for those that are connected and tuned in, let us worship together. Get on your knees, lift up your hands, close your eyes, always doing it in reverence to our Heavenly Father. Because he deserves all the honor and all the glory. Amen. All the exaltation is his. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship tonight. Iglesia, mi primer amor, mi primer amor, sí, Señor, mi único amor, Señor, mi primer amor, cantamos, mi único Tu presencia aquí, Señor. Dile al Señor esta noche. We worship you, Lord.
santidad Señor como no servirte como no amarte, como no adorarte Señor y bendecir tu nombre
praise you for giving us salary. We bring our praise, Father God, into your presence tonight, Lord. We're here to worship you, Lord, and honor you, Lord. The strength, Father God, that you bring, Father God, in this hour, Lord. Help us unite in worship, Lord Jesus. Celestial melody, Father God. Let us not worry, Father God, of what's happening outside, Lord. Let us enter into your presence, Heavenly Father. Let us be reminded, Father God, of your great sacrifice, Lord. You deserve all the honor, all the glory, Lord Jesus. You deserve all the praise in this house, Lord. There's gratitude in this house. you want more of him less of us more of him less of us more of him
Señor esta noche porque tú eres santo, porque tú eres santo, 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 porque santo Señor, porque santo so much peace Lord Jesus as we unite Father God through your Holy Spirit Lord that we're able to worship you in spirit and in truth Lord we do this to honor you Father God and we bring you Lord Jesus our best effort Lord to worship you in the excellence that this house can pour out tonight Father God let it perfume your throne of grace in this hour Lord Jesus let us rise up, Father God, as a church you've called today, Lord Jesus. That holy nation, Lord, royal priesthoods, Father God, set apart, Lord Jesus. Preparing for your coming, Lord Jesus. Let us worship you, Lord. Teach us to worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord. Write the songs of this house, Lord. Write the songs in this house, my King. Let's worship.
believe that there is power in the name of Jesus tonight.
praise your king tonight let us fill up these lampstands like just like those five prudent virgins that waited for that hour fill us up lord as a congregation lord as a global church lord waiting for your coming lord jesus
for the back, Lord Jesus. To hold on to your words of truth, Lord, and life, Lord Jesus. Words of transformation, my King. moments of worship, Lord, where we get to come together, Father God, in the unity of the brethren, Lord Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, to worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord. We thank you, Father God, because we acknowledge your presence, Lord. We don't do this to be seen, Lord. We do this, Father God, because we love you, Lord Jesus, and we want to bring you the best praise and worship, Father God, in this house, Lord. Teach us, Father God, how to worship you, Lord these final days, Lord Jesus. Teach us, Father God, how to uphold your commandments, Lord Jesus, and be able to live them daily, Lord, to hold on to your testimony, Lord Jesus. Help us, Father God, to rise up, Lord, to never let go, Father God, of this great treasure that you've given us, Lord. Every day you present a new word, Father God. You give us a fresh beginning, Lord Jesus. And who are we, Father God, that you would know us and you would love us and you would forgive us, Lord. And we thank you, Father God, for this intimate moment, Lord, that we've had and we've shared in your presence, my King. We thank you, Lord, because we see your character. We see your true love, Lord Jesus. We see your heart, Father God, your great love, Lord Jesus, that surpasses all understanding, Lord. A love like no other, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Father God. For the celestial melody, Father God, in this place, Lord. The heavenly sound that you've brought into this house, Lord. The Levites in this place, Lord Jesus. This great congregation, Father God. That daily, Father God, seeks you, Lord Jesus, and wants more of you, Lord. And we thank you for the life of our pastor, Lord Jesus. Continue, Father God, to build them up, Father God, through your word, Lord. That we, Father God, may also encourage him, Father God, and that we may be present, Lord Jesus, and lift up his hands, Father God. That he may know, Father God, that as you are with him, that we're also with him, Lord Jesus. We thank you for these moments, Lord. Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the church of God says, amen and amen. Give a shout of praise. Amen in this house. Hallelujah. Sister, God bless you. It's a pleasure having you guys here in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And can I, can I get a shout in the house of God for those men and women that are free? Amen. How many of you guys know that we are free in Christ? Amen. We are free in Christ. We are no longer tied to sin. 
And I want us to rise up as we enter into the presence of God. Let us give him reverence. Amen. As we stand up here, I want you guys to pray for me as I will pray for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Abba. Abba, Father. Heavenly Father. We come, Father God, to ask you, Lord. That you be with us in this hour, Lord. We thank you for the praise. We thank you for the worship, Father God. We thank you for your beautiful word that you left for us, Father God, for instruction. And we thank you, Lord, for your beautiful presence. And I thank you, Father God, for the freedom that we have, Father God, to stand, Father God, in your presence. But also, Father God, I thank you that you have freed us from sin, Father. And that you have changed our mindset, Father. And I thank you, Lord, because of that precious blood of the Lamb, I can stand up here and proclaim the gospel because I am redeemed and I am washed through the blood of the Lamb. And I thank you, Father, for your, for your presence today, Lord. I know that I woke up in the morning, Father God, and you gave us the breath of life. And as I have the breath of life, Father God, I thank you that you give it. And I come to praise your name, Father. In the beautiful name of Jesus Christ, we pray, and the church of God says amen and amen. Hallelujah. Now, I want you guys to open up your Bibles, if you guys have your Bibles with you, to Jeremiah, to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2, verse 14. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me know when you guys are there. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 14. And the word of the Lord is read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look at what it says. Is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he spoiled? So... In the King James Bible, there's only slave mentioned just one time. But in the NIV, it's mentioned 94 times. See, the Lord does not apply slave to his people, amen? Because we are not slaves. We are free men and women, amen? You guys believe that? I didn't hear you guys. You guys believe that? Amen. Say it with confidence, you guys. Have that assurance that you are free in Christ. That he paid such a high price for your life. Amen. And he gave us that freedom. That freedom to come and praise him. The freedom to enter through these doors and give him praise. The freedom to come and exercise our beliefs. The freedom to say I'm a Christian. Without fear? Why are you guys scared? And you guys, how many of you guys scared? Are you guys scared to say that you're a Christian? I know I had that fear. There was times where I didn't want to pray for my food. Because I didn't want people to see me praying. But that's just me. I'm using myself as an example. Amen? But amen. The Lord is good. And I'm going to take you to the book of Revelation, chapter 18, verse 13. Look at what it says. Because we know that the Lord has said that we are not slaves. 
in his precious word, the word slave is not applied to his people. Amen. But there is two types of owners. There's one that proclaims and he says that he's the owner of this world. And then there's another one that claims that he is also the owner of this place. And there is the government of Christ and there's the government of Satan. But I want to take you here. Look at look at what Revelation chapter 18. Look at what it says in verse 13. Are we there? Amen. Look at what it says. And cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men and souls of men. Did you guys catch that? See, Babylon... When you guys go out there and proclaim that Babylon, it says here in the word of the Lord that his people should come out of this system, Babylon. Now, Babylon means that it's all types of religion and it confuses the people. Amen. Babylon is confusion. Amen. But here it says that the system Babylon, it has people that are slaves because it traps the souls of men. And basically, all this, all these things that the Lord is 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 left us here to 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 read and to analyze His Word really, really in a spiritual sense. See, all these cinnamon and and ointments and frankincense, the world doesn't use it, but sometimes it's used inside the churches. Amen. And then wine and oil. You guys know what wine and oil is. Oil is the, is the Holy Spirit, and the wine is his word. Amen? And fine flour, what do you use the flour for? To, 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 to bake the bread. Who gives you the bread? Jesus Christ. He's the bread of life. Isn't that what he said? I am the bread of life. If you eat this bread, you will never hunger again. If you drink this water, you will never thirst again. Do you believe it? I believe it. Because I see the evidence of God's power in my life. I've seen it. I went from a man that was a drunkard. A man that was a liar, a thief. A man that did so much sin that now the Lord has set me free. And I'm no longer a slave to sin. Amen. I see the evidence in my life, so that's why I can get up here and proclaim and be a witness of his great power. I can say that confidently. It's not to brag, but I'd rather brag about him, not me. Because it's less of me and more of him. Amen. This gospel is not that hard, brothers and sisters, but sometimes if we don't read it and analyze the word in the spiritual meaning, you get confused. Amen? But I want to take you to a story. Look at what Exodus chapter 6, verse 5. I don't know if you guys read your word this whole week, but today we're probably going to get in there pretty pretty good. Amen? We're going to study the word of the Lord. Exodus 
chapter 6, verse 5. Amen. Exodus chapter 6, verse 5. Look at what the good word of the Lord has to say. Exodus chapter 6, verse 5. Amen. And it says, And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. See, we were oppressed by sin. Then it says, And I have remembered my covenant. Amen. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage. And, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. That's a beautiful word. That is his character of God. He comes to set people free. He comes to set people free from a physical release here. We see in the book of Exodus that here is a physical release. But our Lord Jesus Christ came to set us free in the spiritual sense. Amen. Free from sin. But look, I want to go, I want to teach you, and look at what the good word says in Deuteronomy. Because we have to understand what, what, the, what, what the people are coming out of. Amen. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 26, verse 6, it describes what type of slavery they were in. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12. Amen. Are we there? Look at what the word says. Then beware lest thou forget the Lord. Look at this. This is giving us a good warning here. The Lord says, lest thou forget the Lord. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shall swear by his name. So Egypt was a type of what? A bondage house. But the people came out of bondage. Amen. But now we, we get to understand a little bit more. And look at what the, the word says in, in chapter 8, verse 14. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 14. Look at what it says. And it gives us another warning. Look at this. You guys there? It says, Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage so it tells you don't forget don't forget what the lord took you out from and then the next thing is don't get puffed up and think that you've made it and you know everything huh it says here don't let yourself be filled with pride don't let your heart be lifted up that's prideness brother that is prideness and sometimes i see that inside the house of God where people have think, they think that have made it this far that they can't accept counsel from anyone. 
Have you guys seen that? I've seen it. I'm not here judging, brothers. But this is good counsel and good advice that the Lord has given us. Is don't forget where you where the Lord took you out from. I don't forget that. I know the Lord took me out from such evil place of sin that now I'm very grateful. Back then, we used to lie. I don't know about you guys, but I used to have a foul mouth, and everything that came out of my mouth was a bad word. Everything. But when the Lord transformed my life, and I accepted Christ into my life, and I said, Lord, I give you permission, because the Lord knocks at your door. How many of you guys know that the Lord knocks? He's a gentleman. You guys know he's a gentleman? He said he knocks at the door of your heart, and if you hear that knock, then go and open. And he says that he will come in, and he will dine with you, and you with and him, and you with him. He will feed you of his word. Amen? Because that is what I was hungering for. I came in hungry. But not until I said within myself and, and told the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to change. I want you to come inside, inside my temple. I give you permission to work inside of me. See, those are the key things. I give you permission. Now I'm allowing you to take the reins of my life and say, you know what, Lord? I need more of you. I give you permission to work inside of me. And the Lord does. He starts working so much inside of you that the Lord starts removing all the things that kept you in bondage. And then the transformation has to be such a dramatic transformation that your own father and your own mother won't even know who you are. Amen. Because there has to be a transformation in your life. There can't be. You can't say, brothers and sisters, that I want to be a child of God, but I want to continue living my life like I lived before. You can't say that. There has to be that transformation in your life. Hallelujah. How many of you guys believe that? I don't say that. That's what the Bible says. I don't force anyone. I'm my brother's keeper, but I'm not my brother's changer. You can't force someone to change. Only the good word of the Lord can. Amen? But I want to take you to the book of Luke. Look at what it says in Luke 4, chapter 18. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Amen? Can I get a witness in the house of God? Look at what it says. Luke chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 18. Are we there? Look at what the, we have to understand why the Lord came. We have to understand why the Lord left the 99 in heaven to come and find that one that was lost down here. Amen. Look at what it says. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Who's, who's gotten their, their hearts broken? 
All of us. All of us. Amen? That's why the Lord calls his church an inn, a hospital, because here is where we need to get fixed. And then the Lord says that he pours in oil and wine into those wounds. You know why? Because it's only through his Holy Spirit and through his word that can heal the brokenhearted. Can I get a witness in the house of God? Amen. It says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. To preach deliverance to the captives. How many of you guys were a captive, a slave? But when you accepted Christ, what happened? He set you free, amen? You have freedom. Hallelujah. This is what it's all about, my brothers, is that we come with our freedom to worship God. You know what sin does? You guys know what sin does, right? Sin hurts people. Who likes to be lied to? You guys like it when somebody lies to you? Do you, you guys like it when somebody steals your stuff? Do you like it if somebody covets your things? Is it good to covet? It's not. So I continue, amen. And look at this. But not only to set the captives free, but look at what it says, and recovering of sight to the blind. Because how many of you guys were blinded to the truth? Amen. Today, there was a conversation at work that some of the folks were having. And one of the guys said, I heard, overheard the conversation. And they were saying, you know, I was asking a priest. And I asked him, you know, I'm married. My wife is sick. And if I die and I get remarried again, and then I make it to heaven, am I going to have two wives? Look at the mindset of men. And then there was another person that said, well, what happens when you die? Oh, well, some, one of the guys said, oh, well, you come back as a cockroach. Or you come back as an animal. Look at the mindset out there in the world, brothers. When the word of the Lord has taught us biblically that what happens when you die, you go and rest. Until his second coming and he resurrects you again. That's biblical. But. I was curious to ask the, 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 the person that made that comment about him having two wives. And I said, you know, brother, can I ask you something? He said, yes. How is your life with God first? That is the first thing I asked the person. How is your life with, with God? Is your life in order? Well, what do you mean by order? Have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Do you acknowledge him that he has paid such a high price for you, that he has washed you with his blood and sanctified you and justified you? And you know, the other thing that you need to have is that he has to write your name in the book of life. He had no idea what I was talking about. But I took the time to explain it to him. And amen. At least we planted the seed, amen? 
That's what I said. I said, at least the Lord opened up the opportunity for me to plant a seed. Look at what it says. Recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. What a great message. And the Lord, you guys know the story. I don't have to tell you guys what the Lord came to do. He came to set the people free. Amen. Bottom line. But there's a different type of fast that the Lord speaks about. You guys want to know what type of fast is that? Why don't we go to Isaiah 58. Look at what it says. Isaiah 58, chapter 58. And many of you know this verse because we've spoken about it and we preached about this. Amen? Isaiah 58, verse, let's start at verse, eh, let's go to verse 1. Why not? We got time, right? We got time till 12. Amen? <laughs> Isaiah 58, verse 1. Look at what it says, a proper fasting. Look at what it says. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they? Here they're asking a question. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast you find pleasure, and exact all your labors. In other words, the Lord you think that I have called a fasting to afflict your souls. And many people say we're going to do the Daniel fast, 21 days. And after the 21 days, what happens? There's no change. There's no change. But look at what the good word of the Lord says. Look at this. It says, do you think that I have called a fast to afflict your soul? In other words, do you think I have called you to go ahead and deprive yourself from not eating three or five or seven, ten days, but then you go back to the same sin. That's not a true fast. Look at what the Lord says in verse 4. Behold, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast. As you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. In other words, you fast, but there is no change. The sin continues in your life, and it continues and continues, and there is no change. So what's the purpose of your fast? That's what the Lord is saying here. Is it such a fast that I have chosen, verse 5, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Question mark. Would thou call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? But look, here comes the answer. 
This is what the Lord wants from us. Verse 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? Question mark. To lose the bands of wickedness. What's he asking? He's asking for a change, brothers. Amen. He doesn't want you to deprive yourself and not eat for 10, 3 days. Whatever your fast you want to do. No, that he, what he wants is he wants you to have a transformation in your life. Amen. It says to lose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I get a witness? Verse 7, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? See, here it is. Not only is your faith applicable in your life, but your faith is a consequence of your works now. Because of, of who you believe, amen? Because of this faith that you have in Christ, it causes you to bring good works now. Look at what it says. Is, is, is not to deal thy bread to the hungry? In other words, you should share your food with the hungry. Amen. And that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. If you see someone that is poor, what does it say? Take them to your house. Amen. Look at what it says. When thou seest the naked, that you cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. Look at this. This is a promise. If you do these things, if you give your bread to the hungry, if you cover the naked, if you take care of the, the homeless, then your light will break forth, brothers. Then your faith, then you'll be just like the stars. The darker this world gets, the brighter you will shine. Amen. Can I get a witness? Look at this. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily. Now, now, now it gives you a promise of your health. Not only spiritually, but he comes and releases you and cleanses you, and it gives you good health. Now the physical, he takes care of everything. Our God is holistic. Amen. Look at what it says. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. What is the glory of the Lord? That you get to know him, that he's your savior. This is not that complicated, brothers. Amen. Can I get a witness? Amen. That is what the Lord is asking from us. But like I said earlier, there are two. There is one that created the, the whole world and the heavens. And there is another one that claims that he owns this earth. That is the devil. The Lord loves you. The devil hates you. And I'm going to take you to a story. These stories are very applicable to our lives today. Amen. I want you to go to Genesis 41. And many of us have read this story, Genesis 41. And I want you to really look at 
the parallels here that the stories are left for us to go in there and discover the beauty of the word of God. Genesis 41. Can I get a witness in the house of God? Are we understanding the word? Amen. Amen. Do you know that the Lord started his ministry at the age of 30? Amen, right? There's another person that also started his ministry as a prophet at the age of 30. Do you guys know who it is? Genesis 41, verse 46. And I'm going to show you pure scripture so that way you don't come back and say, where was that at? Amen. Genesis 41, 46. Look at what it says. And Joseph. There we got. We got the answer. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. What was Jesus' ministry? He went out before the Father and went out and walked the land preaching the everlasting gospel. Amen? You see the parallels here. The beautiful parallels from Joseph, because Joseph was a type of a Messiah. Amen. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And we all know the story. You guys know the story? You guys know the story of Joseph? Amen. And Joseph was 30 years old when he started his ministry. That's when he started this great work. Then the Pharaoh commanded him to go out there and take a portion of every harvest. So that way they could feed the people for seven years because there was a great famine coming upon the land. Now, if you apply it in the spiritual, isn't there a great famine, spiritually speaking? There's a great famine out there in the world. People are thirsty for the word of God. But if we don't take it out there, who's going to bring the faith? It says faith is, is through what? Through hearing the gospel. Amen? I want to take you to Genesis 45. Look at this. Let's analyze this story real good. Because Pharaoh owned everything. And you guys know that seven years, there was a famine, and then there's, there was seven years of great harvest. Right? So we know the story. We know it very well. But I want you guys to catch this. Look at this. Genesis 45, 1. Because now we see that Joseph reveals himself to his brethren. And we know that the Egyptians had to pay with what? For, their, for, for the grain. With their money. But then came, there, there came a time where they ran out of money because there was a great famine. That means the whole economy of Egypt collapsed. Right? But look at this. Look at what, what happened. We know the story. Joseph's brother, they get sent to the land of Egypt to buy grain. You guys remember, there's a difference between the brethren and the Egyptians. The brethren, the lo Joseph gives the grain freely. They never had to pay anything. And that's what the Lord Jesus, basically, he gives us, that he gives his bread freely. Freely. But look at this, for, uh, Genesis 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them 
that stood by him, and he cried because every man to go out from, from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. What would happen when the Lord comes back? He's going to reveal himself to the people that forsook him. In verse 2 it says, And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. How many people will be troubled at the, troubled at the presence of God when he comes back? They're going to be speechless. Especially those that rejected him. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near and said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Isn't that what happened in the, when Jesus came? He was sold to the world. He was given to Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. To preserve life. You, you guys see the parallels here? Jesus and Joseph? For these two years has the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you as posterity in the earth to, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. I love these stories because when you look at these stories and you look at them in a spiritual sense, see, the brethren that crucified Christ, and we were at, we were enemies of Christ when we were out there in the world, amen? Before we accepted Christ, we were enemy. We were, we were an antichrist because we didn't have the same mindset. Those that don't believe in the Son and in his resurrection is an antichrist. That's who we were. We were antichrist. We had that mindset. But I thank God that the Lord has changed our minds, amen? But let me, should I continue? Look at, the, look at what it says here, brother. It's so beautiful, the parallels that we see in this, in this story. So now it was not you that sent me, but God. Who sent Jesus? The Father. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. But what happened? This, I'm going to rewind this story. What, happened when you come, what happens when you come to Christ? What do you need to do? If we analyze this story and we see the brothers of Joseph, they stood before Joseph, but they had a godly sorrow. That means repentance came. They repented of what they did to Joseph. 
And many of us have to repent of what we've done to Christ. See, sometimes us as brethren, we have to pay such a high price of repentance because not everybody can, can freely do that. Only free will men that have been set free can come and say, you know what, Lord, I repent of all my sins. I turn away from the house of bondage and I enter into the house of freedom. Because the word says that if the son has set you free, then you are free indeed. That's what the, that's what the word says, doesn't it? Amen. See, I love these stories because you find so much spiritual knowledge in the, in the word of God that he gives you discernment sometimes to just see the story and you look at it. Well, Lord, this is, this is the brethren that put you on that cross. But then they repented of what they did and they had godly sorrow. See, many people cry when they lose something. But they, but they cry because I don't have it anymore. I lost something that I really maybe enjoyed. I lost something that I really, really liked or loved. And we, we cry for things and, we, and something we, but we don't have a godly sorrow, a godly repentance. And that is what the Lord requires, that when you come to him, that you have a godly repentance. Don't cry like because the world cries too. When they lose a boyfriend or a girlfriend, don't they cry? When they lose a car or, the, or, or maybe the house, don't they cry? But see, that doesn't lead to repentance. See, when you come to Christ, you have to make sure you come with the heart of repentance. Amen. Can I get a witness? Are we understanding the story so far? There's beautiful truths in the word of God. Amen. But look at what it says. I want to take you to Galatians now. Because I always like to go back with the Old and the New Testament. Amen. Galatians chapter 4. Look at what the word says. I love this. And this is not the first time that we've gone through this story. Amen. We've gone through it so many times that the Lord has really blessed us with the stories and has really opened up our eyes and says, and I, I thank the Lord for these stories because it really gives me a very clear understanding of what the Lord was talking about even since the beginning. The story was there. The story of repentance, the story of great godly sorrow where these men repented of what they did to Joseph and then Joseph said, but don't worry. Don't be sad because of what you've done. It was the will of my father. Galatians chapter 4, verse 22. Look at what it says. Amen. Are we there? Look at what it says. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free. What does it say? Free woman. How many free women do we have in here? Can I get an amen? But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise. 
Look at this. Which things are an allegory for these other two covenants? The one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free. And Jerusalem is, is a rep representation of the church. The church is free, but Egypt out there is still in what? In bondage. Amen. Look at what it says. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not, for the desolate has many more children than she which has a husband. Such a beautiful word that the Lord has left us, man. Did you guys get that, brothers? I don't want to just receive this myself, brothers. I want you guys to receive it as well. Amen? But I want to take you to Romans. Look at what it says, because I like Paul. Look at what, the, what, the, what uh, Romans has to say. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. And I like Paul because I've always told you guys this. Paul is our theologian. Amen? He breaks it down for us. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Are we there? Amen? Look at what it says. What shall we say then? Look at this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Here's the answer to many people's question. Does that mean that the Lord, since he paid with his life, are we under grace? Yes, there is grace, brother. There is grace. And amen for that. But look at what it says. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Should we? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound? So in other words, people's mind is, you know what? I'm under grace, so the more sin I make or the more sin I do, the bigger the grace. I'm all, I'd be careful if I was you, if you have that mindset, brothers. Verse 2, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Because the wages of sin are death. Amen. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. So what does that mean? That means that this old man, this old person that used to love sin has to die. And it has to die what? Every day. Daily. You have to put this flesh to die. Amen? That's why when people tell me, oh, you know what? You Christians, you guys think you guys don't even do anything. You guys accept Christ and you're free and you don't do. You don't, I'm like, yes, you have to pay something. Yes, there's a price to pay, brothers. That means that I have to make sure that this flesh dies daily. Daily. Crucify it. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, 
that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You should walk in newness of life. That means you got to be renewed daily. Amen. For if we have seen planet together, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. The corruptible must put on incorruptible. Amen. Should I continue? Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we shall not serve sin. Because we're free. Because we're free, brothers and sisters. Amen. For he that is dead is freed from sin. In other words, put this to die. Put this flesh to die. Because if you put this flesh to die, then you are freed from sin. What happened to the adulterous woman when she was caught? What did the Lord say to her? Go and sin no more. He gave her a commandment. Amen. Verse, verse 8. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. You should have that faith. That if you die, then have that assurance, that confidence. That we believe that we shall also live with him. Because he is not the God of the dead, but God of the living. Amen. Verse 9, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death has no more dominion over him. Amen for that and hallelujah. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. So now we should also come with the same passion. You know what? There's two things that the, the, that the apostles had and they exercised very well. You know what it is? Obedience. They obeyed the commandments of Christ. And you know the second one was? Is they had a passion to go out there and save those souls for the kingdom of God. That is how we should be. We should be obedient people. And we should have that desire and passion to go out there and save those lost souls. Amen. That is what we were called to do. Amen. So where are we at? In verse 11. Likewise reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let no sin therefore reign in your. What did it say? Mortal body. Thank you little brother. It says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you shall obey it in the lust thereof. Now you're saying, but pastor, it's impossible to do that. Go ask Christ. He came as one of us to be tested and tried in every way. 
but he obeyed the Father through obedience. So if the Lord is inside of us, because what does the Lord say? That we are his temple. And if the Lord dwells inside of us, then that means that we can also do that. Amen? Amen. You got to have that faith, brothers. Verse 13, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Don't borrow yourself. Don't let no one use you or cause you to sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Here it is. Here's a promise. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. You guys follow that? It's very clear. What then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. So what Paul is saying is that he was speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes that if you think that you can be saved through your good works, then you're wrong. Hmm. Because some people say, oh, I just need to be good. Good people don't make it to heaven. Obedient people make it to heaven. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house of God? It says, look at this. Where are we at? 17. It says, look at this. But what then? Shall we sin because we are, in verse 15, we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. In other words, what he's telling us is you're a slave or a servant unto who you obey. If you obey sin, then you're a servant or a slave to sin. But if you're a servant to righteousness, then you're a free man. Amen. Look at what it says, 17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart. So where does... What does this change need to happen? The heart needs to change. The heart, amen? That form of doctrine which was delivered to you, being that made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanliness, and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. So what does the Lord demand from us? Obedience and holiness. This is not your pastor telling you this. This is what the good word has to say for us. Amen? Amen. This is not... Me trying to tell you, hey, you need to do this or else you're not. You know what? At the end, we are all free. You make those decisions. You make those decisions. Amen? Look at what Romans chapter 8, verse 17 has to say. 
I'm going to take you to Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Look at this. And it says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So what needs to happen, brother? Last year, there was a pastor that prophesied over my life, and he said, you will be broken in a good way. And sometimes we don't want to hear that. I know I didn't want to hear that. And I'm being honest with you guys. I didn't want to hear it. But you know what? I'm thankful that I went through that process. I'm thankful that I went through all that affliction, all those trials. I'm thankful. You know why? Because now I understand that there were some areas in my life that I needed to fix. And those were needed. Can you imagine? I accepted Christ at the age of 22, 23. I was a young man. And I walked with Christ, so I thought that I was walking with Christ. But there was a lot of things in my life that I needed to give God for Christ. And sometimes the Lord comes and he fixes you and he allows you to go through those storms. But in the midst of those storms, he has the voice to calm those storms, brother. He has that voice to speak to you in the times of trouble. And you know what? I'm thankful that I went through those times because now I can say, I don't know, I don't know everything. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I can say is that thank you, Lord, because now I am free. I am free because there were some things that I was still a bondage to. Amen. And I tell you this not because I want to lift my head up. or No, it's never like that. I always give the glory to God. Amen. And I'm going to leave you guys with this. The condition, I'm going to take you to Matthew 25, 34. And we're going to close with this. Matthew 25, 34. And I share this with you, brothers, because it's necessary for us to, to be transformed and renewed and the heart changed. It is necessary. Matthew 25, 34. Are we there? Look at what the good word says. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. It's a beautiful promise. There's many verses that I have that get me through the trials and tribulations. And the one thing that I hold on to is I have a favorite verse, right? Psalms 23. And I think the church in here already knows. It's like, hey, the pastor always loves Psalms 23. The Lord is my pastor. And that is who I rely to. That is the Lord that I run to. Amen? In the times of trouble that I come afflicted, I run to him. Many of you guys can come to me and I give you, I will give you a good counsel. I will never steer you wrong. I will always lead you back to the word. But when I go through it, I got to run to my Abba. I got to run to my Papa because he is 
He is my pastor. He's the one that leads me. I don't put my eyes on men. I don't. That is one of the things that I have learned. It says, let no man deceive you. There are good men that have, the Lord has placed in my life that have led me to, to, to find Christ. And I'm thankful for them. I honor those men. But if I always put my eyes on men and I run to men, right, then what am I saying? That he's not big enough that he can solve my problem. Amen? But look at this. I'm going to reread you this verse. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father. He's calling you blessed. Blessed of my father. Inherit. Because when you pray and you say, Heavenly Father, you have automatically said, I am your son. I am your daughter. And by you saying that, you have inherited the kingdom. He has gone to, what does the Lord say? I love when he said, I go to prepare a place for you. That where I go, you may also be there with me. What a personal God we have. Amen. Can I get a witness of, in the house of God? Amen. So why don't we rise up? I'm going to ask Cash to come up. And let us pray. This should be a house of prayer. Amen. And like I always tell people, you know, your relationship with God is, it's about prayer. If you neglect your prayer life, if you neglect to have that relationship with God, unfortunately, there's, there's, there's some things that are going to happen. You're either going to lose your connection with God, and if you neglect your prayer life, Later on, you're going to put God in the closet, and then you're going to deny him because you, you don't have a relationship with God. So I encourage you, and I will always take you back to the word of the Lord. Amen? And I encourage you, if today you come as a bond man or a bond woman, in other words, if you're still a slave to sin and you want to be free and you want to experience what freedom is in Christ, then I encourage you to come up front. We're not perfect. We're not saying here that we're all perfect, you guys. There's some things in, in, in my life that the Lord needed to fix, amen? But I gave him permission to do that. I allowed him to start working inside of me. And that is where it needs to start first, where you have to take that leap of faith. Because this walk with Christ, it's all about faith. It's about seeing that you know of the things unseen, but you know by faith that are going to happen. And I have that faith. That we might not see, like Doubting Thomas said, I have to see him in order to believe. Maybe you're one of them right now. Doubting Thomas, I don't know. Maybe some people that are watching us right now through social media. 
the doubting Thomas. I have to see. I have to see a sign in order for me to believe in Christ. And if that is who you are, I want you to get on your knees. And that you ask the Lord, Lord, I want to know you in an intimate way. I want to have that intimacy with you. I want to have this relationship with you. I've heard of you. But I've never had this beautiful relationship. And you know, prayer, brothers and sisters, is when you come and you speak to a friend. Because he is a good friend to us. Jesus Christ, what a friend we have in him. And I pray that your prayer was that you want to be set free. Free from bondage. Free from sin. Free. Free indeed because the Lord has come to set the oppressed free. And I pray today that those that still struggle with sin, that you may hold on to the promises of Christ because the Lord requires us to change. And you have to be willing to change, brothers and sisters. See, the Lord doesn't force anything upon us. We have to be willing Willing to receive this freedom. Willing. So let us enter into prayer, brothers. And if you still struggle with sin, ask the Lord right now. Lord, I know it's tough. I know the world has so many things to throw at me. I know the world has so many things to offer me, to distract me from reading your word, from growing with you. But today, Father, I make this commitment to spend more time with you, to read your word. That when I open up this word, Father God, that you may come, Father God, and you speak into my soul. And that you feed me, Father God, with the bread of life. And that you give me, Father God, this water freely. You don't charge me, Father God. But you give it freely, Father. Because that is your character. The character of Christ. And it's not because you demand it, Father God. And it's not because you force it upon me, Lord. No. It's because your character convicts me. I have come, Father God, to trust you. I have come, Father God, to rely and trust in your word. I have found you, Father God, to be trustworthy. And I thank you, Lord, because you have set us free. You have set us apart. And I thank you, Father, because you... You have given your life freely. You laid it down freely, Lord. You gave your life freely, Lord. For your friends. What a God we have. I thank you, Lord.
because you gave your life at the cross of Calvary. I thank you for that precious blood. I thank you, Lord, because you gave your life for us. I thank you, Lord, that I entered through these doors with the heart of thanksgiving. I thank you, Lord, for the storm. I thank you, Lord, for the trials and tribulations. Even when people misuse us, Lord. Even when people speak bad about us, Lord. We know, Father God, that you have counted us worthy. That you have called us daughters and sons. And that we have inherited your kingdom too, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this salvation that you give freely. I thank you, Father, because you have changed my mindset. You have worked inside of me, Lord. And you have changed my heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And I pray, Father, that you continue working inside of me. That you wash me with hyssop and cleanse me and purify my mind, Lord. And let me enter through these doors, Father God, with a pure mind and a clean heart. I thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice. There are no words that, can, that I can express towards you, Father. That sometimes you just see our tears, Father God. And you hold them in your hands. There is no wasted time in your presence, Lord. There is no wasted time in you, Father. But I come before you, Father God, that you forgive me of all uncleanliness, of all unrighteousness. If I have, Father God, offended you in any way, Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, Father God, in the knowing or the unknowing, Father. And I thank you, Lord, because you keep working in my life. I thank you, Father God, because I'm only being purified like gold through the fire, Lord. And I know that I will come out, Father God, as pure gold. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the process that I go through, Lord. Thank you for the struggles. Thank you, Lord, for the reproach that I get from men. I thank you, Lord, that when they speak evil of me, Father God, I thank you, Father God, because I know that men, Father God, has called good evil and evil good. But keep, Father God, burning that fire within my heart to continue 
go into the streets, Father God, and preach this everlasting gospel. I will not stop, Father God, no matter if one man or two men, three men, five or ten say no to you, Father God. I will still continue, Father God, because you have made me a fisher of men. And I believe in your word, Father. I thank you, Lord. And I also pray, Father God, for those prodigal, the prodigal sons and daughters, Father. That I know you're going to bring them back, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for their lives. That you may go and convict their hearts, Father. That you remind them of their first love. We don't want to be like that church of Laodicea, Lord, that says, I lack nothing and I need nothing from the Lord, but we don't even recognize, Lord, that we are wretched, we are naked and blind and miserable. But if we have you, we have everything. We may be poor, Father God, but we are rich in you. I thank you, Father God. And I also pray, Father God, for the orphans and the widows, Father. I thank you, Father God, that you bring, Father God, the resources, Lord. You know, Father God, this is not for us to, to get rich or anything like that, Father God. You know the hearts, Father God. This is, for, this is for your people, Father God, that are in need. Every resource that comes in here, Father God, you know what is being used for, Lord thank you, Father God, that you may bless them. I also pray, Father God, for the offerings, Lord. I pray, Father God, that there those that give freely, Father God, that you may also, Father God, bless them. But bless them of the spiritual, Father God. That is what I pray for. Not of the physical, Father God, but of the spiritual. And I pray, Father God, that as we go out of this place, Father God, but not from your presence, that you take us home safely, Father God. That the blood of the Lamb, Father God, be upon us. That your angels surround our cars, our homes, Father God. For there are more with us than against us. And if you are for us, who can be against us? Because you have made us more than conquerors, Lord. And we declare, Father God. That not even the gates of hell will prevail against your church. I stand, Father God, with you. And I stand with my brothers and sisters, Father God. And we hold arms, Father, that we will continue, Father God, in this faith and this good work that you have called us to do, Father. Help me, Father God, to lead this great people, Father God, that we're about to cross the Jordan. And I thank you, Father, for these great people that you have brought to this place. Let them grow, Father God. That they may bear fruit in due season, Father. Bless their lives. Protect their minds and their hearts, Lord. And I ask you, Father, that you continue blessing this ministry, Father God. For you know that we will not compromise, Lord. We'll continue, Father God, to preach this everlasting gospel, the unchangeable word of God. We'll not compromise, Father God. We'll stand firm in our faith, the rock of our salvation. Lead us, Father God, in the still waters. 
and you calm us and you calm us down, Father God, when anxiety, Father God, tries to kick in. And I'm reminded, Father God, that your word says, be still and know that I am God. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word. I thank you, Father God, for the worship, Father God, for the worship team that you continue, Father God, using them. I thank you, Father God, for the children, Father God, that are in this place. And I thank you for the lives of my brothers and sisters. Bless them. Take them home safely. And I pray for all these things in the name of Jesus. That beautiful name that gives me hope. That beautiful name that offers me salvation. That name that brings peace into my life. And the church says amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, church. May the Lord bless you, continue using you guys. In the name of Jesus, amen. And God bless you. Amen. <laughs>